Hey, everybody. Welcome to another hey. edition of Three's the Charm. Woo-hoo. Yay. <laughs> We're all too excited here. So. I know. Hey, we need some good taro music to open the show. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll look for some. Um, I have a friend, actually, who offered... Um, that I could use his music, and he's like a percussionist, and um, he does didgeridoo and stuff too. So ooh, he might have something ooh. cool for us. How? Yes, yeah. that would be. Yeah. So I will ask him about that. So, ladies, let me introduce you to everybody. So we have Melody Luna, and she's Hello. An, a medium and mm-hmm. an angel practitioner, or do you call yourself an angel channel? I have it written down. I sometimes call myself an angel oracle, but you can call me an angel channel. I'm not big on labels, but, you know, okay. but angel channel's fine. Okay. Um, so angel channel, angel oracle, um, you use various means of connecting with spirit, including um, being able to converse with people who have passed on. Mhm. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then we and have a dream sh- interpreter oh, too. Ah, dream interpreter. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I should have remembered. It's okay. I'm so dream interpreter. And then we have Michelle McKenzie, who is a tarotist and a certified life coach and an angel practitioner as well. Yeah. Yeah. So I am an empath and I'm clear cognizant, clear uh a clairsentient, so I feel knowledge in my gut, and claircognizant just is clear knowing. So information comes to me without um, a place where we would say it's logical to know that information, but I know it. And I've been using Taro since the 60s, so... I wow. love my cards. I love my cards. And I also am a Reiki master, and I teach animal Reiki. And that's oh. me, in a nutshell. And um, welcome, first of all. And the animal Reiki is really cool as well. So I like it that. It is. It is. I've been using it a lot on my... My dogs lately, one of my older dogs hasn't been well, and he's kind of walking in, this, in circles. And it's amazing how quickly with Reiki he just stops. He just lies down, stops panting, stops pacing. Uh, it's instant, which is wonderful to see. Right. Oh, I can imagine. Oh. Yeah, I saw a picture of him on your Facebook page, poor guy. I know, I know. And um, animals don't have any preconceptions <laughs> messing with them, so they're able to pick up energy healing so fast, whereas people, right. we we get in our own way, even if we're standing there saying, please heal me, please help me. Um, animals don't do that, so they just feel it and... They they do what they need to do then. So when I was working at an animal shelter, um, we had a dog there that just would not stop barking. He would bark all day long, and it was constant like that, bark, bark, bark. And finally, I just went back in there and did Reiki for about 10 minutes. He, When I opened my eyes, he was lying down with his head on his paw, just watching me. He got adopted Aww. soon after that, and he actually lives out here in the boonies with me about a half a mile away. <laughs> He's such a good boy. Aww. Aww. What a sweet story. Yeah, I know. I'm happy for him because we were really worried because he was a neat dog but just seemed like a nut job that was never going to calm down. And they dote on him. They love him. He goes everywhere. They don't have any idea that he was like that. Oh, wow. And he was there for a long time. Right. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. So Reiki can 
I know that a lot of times they use that. And, you know, um, just to let everybody who's listening know, um, Melody, Michelle, and I are all Reiki masters, I believe. I know, Michelle, you are, Mm -hmm. and Melody, you are, and I know I am. Okay. (laughs) And energy work is, you know, it kind of comes under many different names and there are different methodologies for using energy work so there's like reiki energy which comes from the divine source um and depending on you know how it was taught to you or you know there are a lot of the history is very similar no matter who if you learn like rainbow reiki or you know just um, are you both usui Yes, I am, mm-hmm. and also am. Holy Fire too. Okay, okay. So Holy Fire too. I've never heard of that one. And then Melody, your Usui, and do you have mm-hmm. any other um, forms of Reiki? No, not really. But I try to put my own spin on what I learned. But I right. always do that about everything, you know. So. I usually, like, try different things, maybe not what I was taught, but I just go with my gut on doing healing work. Right. I memorize the symbols and everything, of course, but, like, sometimes I want to, I probably, like, call in the angels at certain times or call in certain guides at certain times and then maybe doing it a different way another time on myself or my animals or my friends, you know. So I think it's very, like, um, situation-based. Right. Well, and that's kind of, um, yeah, like I think that once you get to that level where you start just kind of intuitively working with the flow. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. And Michelle, I think I interrupted you. You were going to tell us a little bit about the star fire? The, The what? The holy fire? Yeah. Holy Fire Two, so that is a new, a newer. Um, it's newer energy. I mean, the energy isn't new, but William Rand, who pulled together the International Reiki, has um, plugged in and created a system where it. The, the vibration is raised to Christ energy. And mm-hmm. that is something that you can use whether you prescribe to the Christian religion or not. If, uh, But it's a higher vibration. And, um, and the attunement is, is different. And it just seems to... F- create a greater flow of healing energy. And of course, like you say, we are not creating the energy. We're just channels for it. So right. it um so if you go on to the International Reiki, Reiki dot org, you can learn more about the Holy Fire too. And uh, and it's it's super. It really is amazing. That sounds pretty wonderful. So I know. I mean, can you have too much wonderful energy? I just don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so either. <laughs> That's very true. So, and for my own, um, I did like the regular Usui Reiki first. But I was yeah. always working with energy in a very intuitive way before I found mm-hmm. out about what Reiki was. And yeah. I was like, oh, maybe that's what I've been doing all this time, mm-hmm. you know. Um, yeah. And then so I went to Reiki class, and I found out that it was very, like, I don't know about the two of you, but my first attunement was, like, it opened channels that I didn't have open before that moment. Um, I know. It's life-changing, isn't it? It is, totally. And, Mm -hmm. you know, but that wasn't exactly what I was doing, but it was 
wonderful and everything like that. And then, um, let's see, I took also Shambhala, which is a little bit oh. kind of like what Melody was talking about, where you call on the um, you call on the ascended masters and angels mm-hmm. to come into, and then it's really um, about processing imagery and symbolism that comes through. So, and it's oh. tied to like Saint Germain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How interesting. Yeah. So where did you learn about that? Um, a lady in Vienna offers it. And I think now it's called Shambhala 1044 because it, like, even has too many symbols. Like, there's supposed to be 1,044 symbols for it. And, you know, Whoa. my brain won't do that. <laughs> what? Yeah. It won't? <laughs> so. Holy cow. Yeah. I thought all the symbols in Reiki were plenty, and I don't know them all because I know that all these different Kundalini Reiki and all these other Reikis have a lot of different symbols to add on to what we already use. Um, it's I don't know. I could learn more. I just don't know. It right. took me a while just to get Dicomio down. <laughs> right. Hey, Hosha Zeshonen. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> that I mean, seriously, people. Um, just to tell the listeners, you learn um, these symbols that go along with the Reiki energy, and they were intuitively um, downloaded. We'll say, quote unquote into Dr. Osui when he was up in a cave, you know, having kind of a, a existential crisis, basically. And then, um, so he got all these symbols. And there are, let's see, you learn, you don't learn the symbols until the second level, do you? Right. I'm trying to see. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. And then in the second level, you learn the three main symbols, which two of them, I think, are kind of like, I don't want to say made up, but made up symbols. And then Daiko Mio is definitely Japanese writing. Mm-hmm. Wait, Daiko Mio? No, Honsha Shonin is, uh, yeah. yeah. And then the Daiko Mio is also Japanese writing because just like a silly side note, my my daughter's boyfriend studies Japanese and he looked at it and he's like, you wrote Big Light, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so. Oh, how interesting. Yeah. So it is real Japanese. And then I think what is really kind of interesting to talk about and kind of Melody touched on it and you touched on it, Michelle, and I touched on it. Reiki comes in a lot of different forms. It does. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's channeled sometimes naturally. Mm-hmm. And kind of the symbols change, but the energy is always there. Right. Right. You just need to be opened to being that channel to right. helping. And there are different types of being open because we all, obviously, we're all energy anyway. So we're always using energy, and we're making things material out of energy. Um, But healing with energy is actually healing at the base, the most basic form. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because you're healing where we begin, where we are at the molecular level. Uh, or smaller, actually, it's got to be smaller. Isn't is that how you understand it, Sue mm. or Melody? Melody, what do you think? I think that we. I, I agree that we are a channel for energy. Um, we also create energy. A uh, good way to test this is, you know, to do that chi ball exercise. I don't know if anybody's done that. 
to where you like rub your hands together and then slowly move them apart and you can feel a ball of energy in your hands. Mm-hmm. So that's mm-hmm. like a good example of how, you know, what Michelle was saying, we're all energy and creators of energy and we start at the base and work our way up kind of like, a you know, our spine and our chakras. So, yeah, absolutely. And especially if we visualize ourselves rooted into the earth, we can pull energy from the earth and we can imagine the light shining down on us and pull energy from the sky or the universe. So definitely, I think there are many ways that we can pull energy. I think like um, I think what Sue said is that we do it without even knowing it. So even when we console somebody and we hold their hand, I believe that's our energy of positivity transferring into them mm-hmm. and making them feel better. I think that's why a lot of people like hugs. Mm-hmm. Of course. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And the intention of using the energy mm-hmm. is really important because you can use energy. Um, I've done good experiments and I've done bad experiments. So let's just say I've been in this for a really long time and then, you know, it was a while before I found a good path. We'll put it that way. But it's really the intention of using the energy for healing because even, you know, they do, um, I was even reading about it the other day um, and I read about this when my daughter was born. When you hold a baby, and you intend to give, to give that baby positive, nurturing energy, it helps to grow neurons and synapses in the brain that wouldn't necessarily be growing if the baby weren't getting that energy and that positive attention. That, isn't that just mm-hmm. fabulous? I love that. Right. And so I, I'm sad that... You know, it's it's becoming much more common to use Reiki and to see it used in, like, PTSD and militaries are now recognizing the U.S. military is using it um, to help PTSD people. Um, doctors and nurses are using it in hospital situations and everything like that. Um, I saw it on but, Dr. Oz recently, Really? Too. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. So they're using it at hospitals? That hospitals are using it, not all of them, of mm-hmm. course, but it is becoming known and appreciated. Mm-hmm. Right. And massage places, of course, too, use it. Yeah. Which is great. Right. So it's opening up. And you were talking, uh, Michelle, about like the, the subparticular level of interaction between cells and, you know, protons and neurons and things. You know, and the energy because yeah, and all those little things. I mean, that's what we are, right? So it makes sense that we are able to learn to take that energy and manifest with it, mm-hmm. and that's manifesting our lives, manifesting well cells, um, manifesting calm. It makes sense. It all works together. Right. Right. It's really the physics, you know. You start looking at the physics of it. You know, a good book on it, Tao of Physics. Um, It really goes into the science that pulls us all together back into cosmology and which brings us right back down to energy and who we are. I remember there was like an experiment done where they took like glasses of, I can't remember, was it water or snowflakes and something like that, and they started putting positive energy into it, and they turned into beautiful shapes. And then they started doing mean things to it, like, projecting negative energy onto it yes, it would yes. be all distorted and muddled and yes what was that called dr matsumoto and his water matsumoto i'm looking it up it was great experiment water. it was very interesting it's fascinating and yes. when you think we are mostly water 
mm-hmm. that they used to say in Star Trek, you know, ugly bags of mostly water, um, <laughs> then you realize how that experiment that he's done with the water, um, yeah, Masuro Emoto, mm-hmm. uh, human mm. emotions altering water molecules. Mm. That's emotion is energy. Mm-hmm. It, it it's just so really those were fascinating, and you can go on YouTube and look at some of the work on that. It's, this one is called uh, "Human Emotions Alter Water Molecules" on YouTube. Um, Masaru Masaru Emoto, M A S A R U. Emoto, E-M-O-T-O. Fascinating stuff. So science yeah. is really starting to, to, to back us up. What So many of us who've felt energy, have known things for so long, have said science is finally catching up. Mm-hmm. It, it's like, you know, at some point they keep, getting the instruments get smarter and smarter and can see things that people have felt existed and in many ways can now be proven. Right. Well, and that part of it is proving it and part of it is like recording and doing because that's where Reiki sometimes unfortunately in the scientific community gets a bad rap Yeah, because um, a lot of times as we know Reiki goes where it needs to go and so you might be trying to heal you know a, a polyp on a, an ovary for example or just something you know um, and it it actually brings a person to end one job and start another job, you know, taking a lot of stress out of the person's life. Yeah. And so because it didn't do what the intention or the set intention was, then it's not considered to be like a a, uh, verifiable Right, because science requires you to be able to do it and do it again <laughs> and mm-hmm. get the same results or similar results. And right. right right now you can't prove that. And there are so many variables that go into helping a person heal. I mean, somebody might say they want healing, but on another level they may not be ready for it. So right. how it are the, so they're not going to be healed. Something else will show up that takes them in another direction that no one was expecting. Mm-hmm. And like you mm-hmm. say, that new direction is what makes them well. Right. It's like their energy matches with the energy that they're most wanting to give off maybe in that moment. Yeah. So if they don't really want the healing energy, they may be attracting something, I don't want to say negative, but you kind of know where I'm going. It's like lower right. vibration. So they'll right. be more attracted to the lower vibration versus being open to the higher vibration. And, you know, like attracts like sometimes. Right, right. Yeah. And some, sometimes the illness has some perceived benefits. Um Depending on the people and the type of illness, it might be there might be benefits in it, and I won't go into that. But uh, it might make it harder to get well because it feels good having mm-hmm. the benefits that you're getting, like you know, extra love maybe. Mm-hmm. So. One, it could also be a thing about um, what needs healed first in a person's life. That's so very good. Mm-hmm. Very good point. So maybe the they person, need that self-love first. Exactly. Right. Or also, yeah, like you were saying, Michelle, that the um, 
that perhaps, you know, they, they avoid the healing. But healing, I think, in a Western, you know, vision of the word is sometimes a little bit off. Because sometimes, like, uh, I was reading, uh, gosh, it's uh, from that Andrew Weil um, yeah, it's like uh, spontaneous healing is the name of the book, and oh, yeah, and sometimes it's not. It's the fact that we don't accept the disease as a part of the like as a natural part of the person's physical makeup. You know, they say sometimes that all people have cancer at some point in time. You know, and sometimes it's just like a um, I wish I could explain it more, but instead of having a part of your body be your enemy, you have to yeah. sometimes accept it. And the fact that, you know, we're not all going to live to be 300 years old or right. 500 mm-hmm. years old. And so, you know, there's a natural growth and death process. And so sometimes healing is becoming not well or not as we would term healing healed like the tumor is gone healed you know for some people that's the miracle that they need in and in the way that their life runs but for some people the miracle is to accept their body as it is in that form in that space in that time i see that's very interesting it's kind of like faith slash hope and acceptance at the same time. Yeah, it's like you, know, you have an illness, but you know it's not. It may not be the end of you, or that mean it doesn't define you in a way. So you have a little bit of that light inside, even though your body may not be feeling the greatest. But because you have that reassurance of light and acceptance, it's not so bad, which then raises your vibration to accept other forms of healing that could improve your body as a whole. Right. Or accepting like death. hmm Yeah, that's a biggie. Because I know a lot of people go into um, use Reiki and hospice. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and work with. And I'm sorry, I don't mean to bring this into, like, a conversation that's, like, depressing or anything like that, but I'm saying this is, you know... It's a part of the life cycle. Oh, yeah, it's a reality. Yeah. Yeah. And so to go into a hospice and those people who get the the miraculous healing and who return to, quote, unquote, health are on the one hand of the healing spectrum. And those who are helped to accept their transition are on the other end of the spectrum. Or still a part of the spectrum, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm all like, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> so, no, but, no, but, it's okay. And then they, I know they bring it. Like you're saying about hospice and people, you know, maybe even older people. I, I was kind of what made me think. Uh, I, have I got a cat in my head? So when people bring pets to see people in homes and stuff like that. And I was just thinking of Michelle, how she works on pets. I mean, yeah. that juxtaposition of working on, let's say, a cat and then bringing it to someone who's ill, that my energy might transfer as well and bringing the spirits up of someone who pets the cat. That's really mm-hmm. interesting. I wonder how many people actually bring therapy pets into hospice because mm-hmm. I think that would be amazing. Amazing work, and I oh, yeah. have been, I have been thinking about doing some Reiki and hospice. Um, I'm not there yet. It's a that's a big, big thing. It's that would be a really wonderful thing to offer people. It'd be right. kind of like a cool link, like if someone didn't want uh, Reiki on them, or you didn't want to explain it to them because they. Be nervous or be like, I don't know what you're doing. You could do it to the animal, and then the animal could help yeah. be like that yeah. link between everything. Yeah. But usually you need to to do it with an animal. You need to have that animal therapy trained 
Right, right. Of course. To bring it into a, a hospice situation, unless they're at home hospice, and then mm-hmm. it could be a little different. Yeah. But anyway, I I love that idea. Because I find that a lot of people are automatically they change when they see an animal. A lot of the times they're like, they could be so sad, and then you bring an animal, and they're like, they light up. Oh my gosh, it's a dog, and they get so happy and. It's amazing, isn't it? It's mm-hmm. People I connect <laughs> so readily with animals. I know I walk down the street and I'm talking to everybody's dog. <laughs> That's me, And their too. horses. <laughs> oh, hi, what a puppy, cute. Mm-hmm. My husband rolls his eyes. Do you have to talk baby talk to everybody's dog? <laughs> <laughs> of course, you don't. I know. I know. I'm surprised. It's a guy thing. They can't do that. How sad. <laughs> yeah. But I wonder, too, if the animals are just more intuitively, you know, um, I don't want to say able, because we as animals, humans as animals, use Reiki and energy naturally and so it makes sense that other animals would use it too and they just can't tell us like hey i'm gonna sit in your lap and purr and that's going to you know have a good effect on you well i have read that people are attuning animals particularly horses but they're attuning animals to assist with giving reiki now if you go to some back issues of reiki magazine you'll find it um, I haven't done that because I'm I'm not there yet in my thinking. It doesn't really make sense to me, but um, people have done it and are doing it. But the training that I got for animal Reiki through Kathleen Prasad, we didn't do that and we didn't even talk about it. Although uh, I think I now now that we're talking about it now, I think I'm going to email her and ask her about that if she's done that or um, what she thinks about it right it's an interesting prospect yeah Mm -hmm. now can I ask now both of you I'll ask um, what because they say Reiki you don't seek Reiki out Reiki comes to you So how did you, how were you first introduced to Reiki? And Melody? Either one. I'm like, who's going to go first? <laughs> um, I know I said this before, but um, when all my abilities started to come to me and mediumship was, uh, I was around um, 28 and I'm, about going to be 32 this year so I haven't been a medium for very long and um, I know it's getting kind of on the topic but I'm going to connect it is that when I was um, I, I didn't have the my mediumship abilities um, when I was really young um, so when I was young I would have vivid dreams which I later recalled was a sign of being a medium was to have vivid dreams as a child but I didn't know that um, and, and as in vivid dreams, I mean like not just the picture, but I would taste, touch, feel, smell, everything. Wow. Like all my senses were heightened. And I didn't know that that was wrong until later I grew up and, and it's like not everybody tastes everything in their dreams. Now you might say, <laughs> oh, what a great thing to have. <laughs> yeah, but nightmares were horrible. Oh. I mean, they were bad. And wow. then. You, yeah, you later learn that, you know, it's there's negative energy around me to try to deter me either from my path or deter me because I was such a young child. This was around four years old. So four or five years old. So um, I after the dream stopped when I was younger, I didn't think anything about it. And then when I 28 years old, four or five years ago, um, 
all of a sudden, like, it just a floodgate opened out of nowhere when I was starting to feel, you know, I'm on the right track in my life and things are opening up and pieces are falling together. And I guess when everything felt, I guess one mile, my chakras were aligned, <laughs> all this <laughs> stuff started happening and um, started, you know, spirits started walking in. I started seeing spirits walk in, talk to me and um, <clears throat> fairies coming in my room. Wow. Um, I didn't know fairies existed. <laughs> I was wow. like, okay, wow, okay. And then, um, so I studied all I could. So it was about a month of just sheer, sheer fear and panic, and I didn't know what to do. And I ran to my local psychic shop and said, hey, um, I'm scared. These things are happening to me. Why me? You know, why is this happening? And the owner of the, one of the workers at the shop looked at me and said, you know, you see that dark room over there? And I said, yeah. She's like, if you were wandering in a dark room and you saw a little light, would you walk towards it? And I was like, I guess so. And they said, you're that light that they're walking towards. So they know you have that gift and you're seeking your help. And so I just sought out every book I could and researched everything. And then I came across Reiki. And so I asked my spirit guides, um, should I be a Reiki master as, you know, my main source of help or should I be a medium? And um, I went to go take a nap in the living room, and I heard my guide, who has an accent, I think it's a British accent, say, um, uh, mediumship first. But I was like, okay. Uh, And then I took a nap, and I had the dream of stone hands. So I was walking through this um, kind of, I guess you could say kind of like a Grand Canyon kind of cavern, and all the shapes that I saw were of hands. So I knew I was getting permission to take Reiki and have that in my life, but it wasn't going to be my main um, expertise, I guess you could say. But that for me was a signal of you're getting permission to do this. You're a medium. That's your, they're basically, and they've told me that over and over, mediumship is where you need to be. But it was kind of like a nod from them that like Reiki's okay. You, You can have Reiki. As long as you focus on your mediumship, Reiki can kind of um, not piggyback, but kind of be a little side side um, partner to that. So that's my permission where I was like, okay, I'm going to go and I'm going to take Reiki. And I'm glad I took Reiki because it kind of reinforces the healing that we all have inside of us. So I was really grateful to have it. Um, and it all came at me at once. So it was like, okay, I'm, I'm a medium. Might as well pile on Reiki. <laughs> wow. That's, right. That's exciting. Yeah. Definitely. So it was kind of like everything opened up to you kind of all at once. Mm-hmm. Everything at once. And I was reading, like, Carol a long time ago before this happened, but it was kind of like a whim. Like, oh, you know, every once in a while I think crystals are neat and herbs are neat. And reading my tarot and looking in, you know, the book to read the answers, that was fun for me. But it didn't go beyond that. I didn't have any more interest other than that. And so yeah. years, 10 years down the line, um, from reading, from picking up my first tarot deck to now, it was like, what? <laughs> it was like, it was like a literally hit in the head with everything. So wow. it was a, but again, I could either have run from it or accepted it. And I chose to accept it and, and research all I could about it. Right. Wow. Well, <laughs> that's pretty cool. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. And so, yeah, now, like you said, you've chosen to embrace it and move on with it and allow each thing to have its own space in your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And mediumship is still a struggle to deal with. But um, a part of me wants, like the Reiki, how um, I believe I do, like, healing uh, work. I believe that helps me. I know in my dreams I cross people over. I remember doing that. Uh, I remember being in locations in my dreams and and putting my healing energy around homes. Um, I don't know what realm you want to call it, but that's what I do there. And so a part of me wants to get into psychology because in a lot of these dreams, I'm talking to these spirits who don't know why they're there and um, 
how they came to be there, and um, they need help realizing that they're no longer in physical form and that they need to cross over. Right. So I think everything is tied to everything. And then me being a dream interpreter, because of the vivid dreams I had as a child, it helps with the symbology I receive as a medium. So they're all intertwined together. One helps the other. That's perfect. Mm-hmm. Well, definitely. Definitely. And I totally agree. Like, you know, once you get one thing, it, it kind of is like uh, going down the rabbit hole. It was. <laughs> it was literally like I opened a box and, like, I couldn't research enough. It was like I had to read. I had, I'm like that person in the library with stacks of books. <laughs> and you're like, what are you reading? I'm like, I have to read. I had to eat knowledge up so quick. Oh, man. Yeah. Well, I go through phases like that. Like, seriously, sometimes I, I'm, like, ravenous. And mm-hmm. I figure I just need this, like, big, you know, expansion at that time. And then I'll just set everything down and, like, kind of, I don't want to say master or chill or perfect or, you know, let what I've learned kind of digest <laughs> and then go on to the next sprint, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I think that makes sense. You're kind of pulling it in, you're letting it figuring out how that's gonna work. You don't even have to think about it anymore. Yeah, definitely. And Michelle, what's your Reiki story? Oh well, you know, I think it's funny because when when Melody was talking about how she got into mediumship, and I've always been afraid of medium mediumship and channeling, because when I was in my early twenties, um, beings were would come into my room when I was sleeping, and I would see them, but I couldn't move. And they'd come lie down on the bed with me and try to comfort me, but it just scared the heck out of me. And that lasted for a long time. And then um, then I learned to tell them to go away. Mm-hmm. And I was fine again. And then a few years ago, I had gone to a friend's girlfriend's house. So we were all there and another woman had just arrived and we're meeting her and all of a sudden I can't hear anymore. My ears are all full of like cotton and I'm putting my hand out saying, hi, my name's Gail. And then then it slowly I can hear again and I looked at her and I said, what did I just did I just tell you my name is Gail? And she said, yeah. And I thought, shoot, now what do I do? (laughs) What the hell was that? Uh, It's not. My name is Michelle. And, of course, she gave me hairy eyeball the rest of the evening. And I could not figure out how I could have channeled somebody. I don't know if somebody had been in the house or attached to one of those people, but... From there, I kind of jumped back into, um, I jumped into the angel tarot. And from the angel tarot, I met somebody who was talking about Reiki and how she really liked using Reiki energy with her cards and her and her readings. And I actually had never heard of Reiki. And so... Instantly, I knew this was something that I had to get involved with. So I started reaching out, and I found someone locally, and and I just couldn't I couldn't do it fast enough. You know, even though they don't let you do it all at once, I just couldn't do it fast enough, and uh, and I've just I've loved it. I love it. But I would say my primary thing are the cards. And the intuition, um, the information that I get through the various channels, not with people, no, I'm no medium, 
and then the the Reiki is a nice balance. Right. What about you, Sue? Well, for me, it was kind of like um, the first time I knew about working with energy, I kind of shot a friend of mine across the room (laughs) at a party. You did what? Um, Whoa. I shot my friend, like this guy walked into the room who I kind of had a crush on, and I saw him. Yeah. And you know how, like, you just get that, like, big, like, whoosh. Yes. <laughs> and and it, it hit my friend, and she looked at me. Oh. She's like, you know, she's standing across the room from me, and she's like, what did you just do? And I'm like, I don't know what I just did. It just kind of <laughs> happened, you know? Um. And then, you know, I started studying this and that. And when my daughter was born, there was a big study in the Time magazine about the, the brain development of the Romanian um, adoption, like the children who were in Romanian orphanages. Yeah. And the difference in their brain structure and size and everything um, because of touch and human emotion. Right. Yeah. I read that. Fascinating. Uh, yeah, totally, totally. And so I started working, you know, just intuitively. This was way before I learned about Reiki. I just learned about Reiki, like the word, like, what was it, seven years? No, about five years ago, five or six years ago. Yeah. Um, but I would sit and hold her and rock her and talk to her and, you know, try and do everything to build the best brain that I could, you know. Um, <laughs> yeah. And um at the time too I was really thinking about you know um working with color so I would you know kind of imagine her wrapped in different colors that had different meanings to them you know so like Ooh. orange would be protective and nurturing you know and pink yeah. and turquoise or you know just whatever I felt like she needed yeah um Good and idea. then uh, when my dad passed away, I tried like scanning him when he was, he was in hospice and he was already, you know, pretty, he was drugged to the point of unconscious, you know, to, like, because he was in so much pain, he had cancer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so intuitively, again, I tried a scan, you know, and this is before I was taught how to do all this stuff. And so, um, I was working with him trying to scan, and he had prostate cancer, and I think that he he pushed me out um, when I got, you know, and I don't know if he was scared that I would somehow pick up energetically, like, the cancer from him or something, but, um, yeah, that was that. And then, like, somebody was like, oh, have you ever heard of Reiki? And it's like this energy work and this and that. I was like, well, maybe this is what I've been doing and maybe this is the name for it, you know, and I need to go take this class. And um, and then I got opened up to Reiki and then you guys know how it is. You're just like, you know, like you go into the grocery store and like every raw emotion from every person you pass is like, whoa, I have to figure <laughs> out how to sort this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And, Man. you know, and, you know, and that was one of the things I wanted to kind of touch on. If we have time today, if not, we'll talk, talk about it some other time. But like the, the um, um, some people are really scared of being attuned to Reiki because it can bring up a lot of residual energetic stuff. <laughs> we'll say that. Yeah, it has to come back up. It's like you've eaten all this nasty food, and it's got to go somewhere. So it's got two places to go, right? So you are going to re-experience it. Right. Well, and, and for some people, it's too much. Like, if you don't have a good support or a good, like, I don't uh, you know, like Melody, like what you were talking about, you and, and and Michelle, like when you're not ready for this stuff to manifest, it really kind of sometimes makes you think you're cuckoo. Oh <laughs> you yeah. Know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
true enough. I kind of think it's like a spiritual test in a way. So, like, I think my guides are maybe, I'm guessing, I don't know, but I'm I'm intuitively thinking that they are testing me. So they're saying, you know, okay, we're going to give this to Mel, Melody, and see if she can handle this. And if she can, we know she's the one to be able to rise to the occasion and help us out. If not, and she's too scared, we know that, you know, we need to, this, this won't be the thing for her. And so it's kind of like easing people into a warm bath, kind of. So if it feels and you rise to the occasion and you feel what you're learning, like in Reiki, then you're ready for it. If not, then you will totally, you know, do an about face and you kind of send that energy out, you know, to the universe saying, I don't want this. This is like what Michelle was saying. This is too scary. I don't want to do this. This is not for me. And um, I think there also should be like little disclaimers on everything. Like when, like I get kind of uneasy when I see YouTube videos of telling people how to open your third eye and how to communicate yeah, with yeah. spirit. And you can't just do that. You know, there's a lot of things. I mean, prepare yourself at least to know what could happen if you start doing that and it hasn't happened to you naturally or you haven't done enough research, you know. Um, know what you're getting into. Exactly, and and it's good to have uh, a mentor to mm-hmm. help you to, that you can ask questions of or to say, you know, you need to slow down here. You're going along. Mm-hmm. You'll be fine. You'll get there, but why don't you just take this a step at a time, which is why mm-hmm. they don't teach Reiki all in one day. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. Well, and, and my master, my Reiki master wouldn't even um, attune us to, like, she wanted us to wait one year at least between Reiki 1, Reiki level 1 and Reiki level 2. Whoa. Um, oh, yeah. Think, um, that's a long time. <laughs> that would have oh, driven yeah. me nuts. So well, you waited. Yeah, I did, of course, um, yeah. because, you know, that was a requirement. And she said yeah. exactly what you guys have both just said it's it's to make sure that you're able to fully understand and integrate the energetic Mm -hmm. messages and the challenges so can you i mean if you imagine the trauma of two you know a double whammy of you know um reiki one reiki two master all in one weekend and you know they do do it in some places like that and some do yeah yeah um, but Mel, you brought up a really, really, really good point, and the one that I wanted to kind of um, touch on because of um, Kundalini energy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, with that, in some cases, I think it's a very powerful energy, and I'm not sure specifically if, like, some people try and force channels open. Yeah. And, um, and I hate to say, in some cases, it does end up doing more harm than good for the person. Mm-hmm. Or it ends up like an addiction, like they need more um, to feel more enlightened or to feel more open and to feel more, more, more. And it's like sometimes your your body needs a break. And it's careful not to, again, with the grounding and the root chakra, you need to know who you are and ground yourself and not get caught up in trying to always do something so extreme all the time. Right. Because, yeah. like, once, you know, the, I'm sure when a floodgate, so once a person who didn't believe, like, let's say, in ghost or spirit, all of a sudden sees one and they become obsessed with trying to contact more and more and more, but they don't realize what they're doing. It's kind of like when you need to slow down a little bit. Well, well, I love that. There's learning to do. There's a lot to learn, a lot to process, mm-hmm. and uh, well, particularly with with other beings, you need to make sure you're safe. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, it's kind of like putting knowledge and learning before the practice. Know what you're doing and then practice it. Right. You know? Right. Right. Like driving a car. Mm-hmm. You'd get some basic instruction before you get in the car. Like jumping out of a plane. I don't know why people do it, 
but they have to study first before they go up in the plane and jump. Exactly. And then they get addicted to it and they, you know, want yeah. to do more and more and more. And it's like, why don't you just hold on a second? You know, you just went yesterday. I know the rush is still there. <laughs> I know you saw the adrenaline running through you, but at least wait a little bit, you know, before jumping back into it. Yeah. Process right. what's going on first. You're jumping out of a plane. <laughs> you know, process what's going on first to make sure everything's strapped down and taken care of. That you understand why you're doing that. Exactly. Do you understand what you're doing? Like, one <laughs> also, I, I love the, I love the phrase or whatever the, the quote. Don't conjure what you can't banish. <laughs> you know. I mean, yes. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Don't conjure what you can't banish. That so, is so, so important. Yeah, definitely. Because sometimes people just open up, like, hey, I'm going to open a portal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And I'm going to invite beings into my house. Cool. I you know. know. And then I'm writing like, that down. Conjure. Don't conjure what you can't banish. I'm sending that to myself. <laughs> oh, I... There's some, since we're on the topic, there was something that was brought to my attention about a year or so ago, and it kind of distressed me a little bit, is that they're marketing the Ouija board to children, <gasps> and they're making it pink, oh, and oh no. it's been out for a while, yeah, and it's a little Ouija board, it's, it's a pink planchette, and they're kind of marketing it as, you know, does Billy like me, you know, tell me yes or no, and I just could not believe that that is out there. You can buy it now on Amazon. Okay. I Ouija believe. boards scare me. They they work. My mother and I used to play do, Ouija boards when I was like 10. And my stepdad had come in. He and my brother had been off in the woods, and my stepdad comes in, and he said, oh, for heaven's sakes, you guys are playing with that thing again. Well, why don't you tell me what we saw in the woods? And immediately it goes to dead dog. And he was pretty disturbed. <laughs> and he said, okay, what kind? And it says, Collie. Well, Ooh. he just turned around and walked out of the room. It wasn't until I saw the exorcist <laughs> that oh. I realized. What, and, and, of course, hearing stories about people burning the Ouija board and then it's back in the house. and mm-hmm. You know, those old myths and urban legends and anyway they they do worry me it's like a direct channel for people who don't know how to protect themselves exactly i mean it's a great tool for people who do communicate with spirit because it is just like a tool um people do use cards to channel the the deceased um i've seen techniques using it but if you don't know what you're doing and you could you know, contact Aunt Sally, and she could be a great person, but you're also opening something up that might piggyback on Aunt Sally and come and just wreak havoc, and you don't want that. But I just think marketing it to children is yeah, no. something that's very irresponsible. That's that's really interesting. I wonder what their thought is behind that, besides just making money. Yeah, money. I, think, I think it's more yeah. of like a let's make money and we'll market it as like a teenage thing. Does Billy like me or am I going to get an A on my math test? And Wow. It's just like, ooh. Like if you type in pink Ouija board because it's pink, it's all like yeah. you can tell the letters are like kid-like letters and they have like little flower, like, I don't know, font on it. It's like wow. un- unbelievable to me. So caution. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very interesting. Oh, yeah. That's good Definitely. to know. I see that even somebody made like a YouTube, uh, a YouTube video about it. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of spiritual community ranting about it, how they don't like this idea, and I I had to agree with them. Like this is very irresponsible. Yeah, right. but I also saw some spiritual communities that say, well, I don't see well why you're afraid of the Ouija board. It's just a piece of cardboard with letters on it and 
you know, it's no different than using taro. And I can't be logical enough about it to say why I don't feel that it's the same at all. I think it's intent, in my opinion. If you're intending to use tarot to communicate with the dead, you're still opening a portal. If your intent is to use tarot as cards and use you as a channel, like, you know, what we do on the show, that's a totally different intention. Yeah, well, that's a good point. That's a good point. Because we're responsible. Okay. I mean, we try to be. <laughs> so right. we try and be. Right. I mean, we're, we're, we're not asking for some devil to come in and... and or whoever's there. You know, exactly, you know. whoever. And we know, and we I've learned about it in, in uh, Holy Fire Reiki, that's about the, the three heavens. And the second heaven has a lot of creatures in it that we don't need as guides. You know, they might come in and mm-hmm. say that they're a good guide. But uh, right now I just want to have third heaven beings connecting with me. I don't want anybody else who's been alive and thinks, well, you know, I'm a great person and I can help you. That's not really what I need right now. You need better credentials than that. <laughs> I need better credentials. <laughs> And and the problem is is that unless you know how to be calm and quiet and have that conversation, you don't know who you're really talking with. Mm-hmm. You can be it's yep. too it's easy to be fooled. Mhm. So I don't recommend it until you've got somebody who can help guide you and keep you safe. Exactly, yeah. for the highest good. Yes, for the highest good. Because well, the nature abhors yeah. a vacuum. And yes. if you wander off, it's too easy to have something else take place. Mm-hmm. I'm right. trying to pick my words carefully. <laughs> Yeah, because we don't want people to get, you know, scared. Free. But I do think that also when you're doing Reiki as well, um, and I know we've gone off time and everything like that, but I don't I don't know if this will be recorded or not. But I think it's good to learn from somebody who knows what they're doing and knows what they're talking about too because we have people who are offering quote-unquote Reiki. And, you know, I've talked to people who are who are – taught to absorb illness into themselves. What? Yeah. Oh, that's not right. Yeah, and and so it's become like kind of a catch-all kind of energy, like if you were attuned in your, you know, and then... So some people are are learning what I wouldn't consider to be the best practices. Well, that's not Reiki. No. Right. Because we sure shouldn't be tired. We shouldn't be using our own energy. We shouldn't be taking our own energy. Well, Which there is, are. Yeah. There are, yeah. Um, like, I took Quantum Touch, which is from, yeah. I think his name is Richard Gordon, and that's something that I've learned to combine with Reiki because Quantum Touch, I see Reiki coming from above. Yeah. And quantum touch is, is you use your own energy. So you you bring energy up from the earth and you oh. push it through your body. I see. And so, oh, yeah. See, I've been naturally doing that. So that's fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, check that out. Um, quantum touch. Okay. Quantum so touch. I do that with, yeah. with the cards and with crystals. Mm-hmm. Um. That's very interesting, but I wouldn't, yeah. you know. But having worked, but I would with, never with psychic healing many years ago. I would never be taking on no, people's energy. I would help them. As an them. empath, we take enough. <laughs> oh my yeah, gosh, exactly. that's the truth. <laughs> Law, yeah. yeah, yeah, but yeah, I'm not gonna say, hey, illness, come me and be like nope but no. you know at most I would scrape it out yes 
Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, and and like you know, take the energy and and leave it to be renewed and recycled and purified and right. everything like that. But it would right. never it be invited into my <laughs> my right. Person. I just feel bad for the people who take the those courses of those people teaching that and don't know any other way, and they think this is the right way, and it's like, ooh, right. Well, they might I hope become that, very ill. I hope they learn quickly yes. that there are other paths that yeah. keep them healthy and safe. Right. <laughs> Let that be a warning right now. If you're listening yeah. to this <laughs> and yeah. you are taking a Reiki course where they tell you to observe other people's illnesses, that is not the correct way of doing it. No. In right. our opinion. Through our experience. Well, right. that's not the Reiki way. No, that's not what we were taught. No. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, ladies, we've gone a little bit over, and I, I, we yes. always get so, like, because I love talking to you guys and hearing what you guys <laughs> yeah. have to It's so. Yes. So next week I'm going to be traveling, and so I think Saturday I'm still going to be pretty jet, or I'm sorry, Tuesday I'll still be pretty jet-lagged because we're going yeah. in on Monday. Um, okay. Yeah. Okay. So let's regroup for the weekend or the Tuesday after okay. that, if that's okay. Sure. That sounds yeah. good. And then maybe we could talk about what's involved with advertising and, you know, how much money we would do if we wanted to advertise the show and have more followers, more listeners. Okay. Let's bring this conversation off the, the yes. um, blog talk. Okay. Yeah. So I'm not okay. sure if that was recording. Um, but yes, let's talk about it later. Okay. And talk about a new topic okay. for two weeks yeah. from now. Yeah. <laughs> okay. okay. Well, awesome. you guys feel good, Melody? You sound Thank like you. you're feeling a little better. A little bit. Because it's your good. guys' energy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we help each other. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Definitely. Well, well, have fun with travels. Yeah. Ah, thank you. Where are you going? Chicago. Ah! I love Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> Have fun. Go to the museums. All my favorites are right there, other than oh, Washington, D.C. The rest of my favorites are there. <laughs> okay. Oh, okay. hugs, guys. Take care. Bye. 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 Thanks again, ladies. Bye-bye. Thank you. You're welcome. Bye. Thanks. Bye. And for those of you who are still listening, you can find Melody, Luna, Sue Ellis Soller, and Michelle McKenzie all on ZodiacPsychics.com. So if you would like to get a reading from one of us, we would be happy to serve you there. Thanks. Have a fabulous week. We'll talk to you in two weeks. Thanks. Bye-bye.